On today's show, we are going to get into the Mavericks, their secondary creator options if the Dragic thing doesn't go through. Summer League Mavs, I'm so excited to talk about them. The wine, the wine, the wine. On today's Lockdown Mavs. I'm Luka Doncic, and this is Lockdown Mavericks Podcast. Hey, hey, Dallas Mavericks are NBA champions. And welcome, you are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, media member and coordinator for the Locked On Podcast Network. And joining me, as always, my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com, the Summer League Serendipitous Serenade. The one more thinking, what you got for me, Isaac Harris? We're saving all of our summer league breakdown, uh, synergy numbers, um, second spectrum, all of the uh, (laughs) breakdown of summer league for the third segment. So make sure you stay tuned for that because there's some quality (laughs) basketball being played. I actually, has there been one player? Let's just not even talk about the Mavericks right now. One player in summer league that's really stood out to you that you're like, oh, that's surprising or he's been super fun and you can't say like a top three pick. Ooh, I've been interested in, yeah, if it's not a top three pick, like Jalen Green's been really interesting, but he's he yeah. was top three. Uh, I've been really interested in, uh, uh, oh, Sangoon. Alfred Sangoon has been yeah. really interesting. Like some of the moves he can pull off, it's very Jokic-esque. Every once in a while, he'll pull off a move and be, you'll be like, oh, oh, yeah. I'm interested. His teammate Josh Christopher is also interesting to me. Uh, the announcers are comparing him to, to Drew Holiday, and I was like, maybe we slow down okay. with, the, with the defense there. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Damian Mitchell, though, his defense mm. was super impressive against Book Knight the other night. I was going to say Shingun. His, his, yeah. I was so curious on when you see a guy like that pull off the post moves that he does in Turkey. It's like, will you be able to do those moves over here? And he was balling. And I, yeah, he's fun. He's, he's a lot of fun. He has been. And there's so many of those guards that take, you know, pressure off of him. Basically. He just kind of cleans up down there and just does his thing. Uh, obviously Tyrese Maxey destroyed the Mavericks in the first game. So well, I mean, that's, yeah. that's a guy that's kind of obvious, but yeah, Tyrese Maxey's a lot of fun. I, I said Davion Mitchell. I think he's been fun. I like his, you know, people kind of slept on him for, it was weird. He had a weird draft range of was top five and then he kind of got yeah but uh i'm so curious what sacramento does with their three guards moving forward in the future but it's very strange on today's show we're going to talk about guards and creator guards for the mavericks other options plus the dragon situation continues on today's episode is brought to you by rock auto amazing selection reliable low prices all the parts your car will ever need visit rockauto.com right now Said, tell them that Locked On sent you. We will talk about the Dallas Mavericks Summer League team. We'll probably do that in the third segment. So if you're coming here just for Summer League talk about that game that just happened last night, uh, man, uh, that's, <laughs> that's interesting. Go to the third segment. We will talk about it there. Uh, okay, Mark Stein on his green room the other night. He's been hosting these green rooms, and they've been really interesting. And the funniest thing to me is that he's always, always the first five questions, three of them are Mavericks questions. I love it. There's so many Mavericks fans on green room. Uh, I can't I can't help but think we were responsible for some of those. 
<laughs> putting them. Well, I, yeah, and I think it's Stein too. The you know the Mavs the connection for, for so years. So but it's years. just so many Mavs fans in green room right now. Uh, uh, Stein said that the Mavericks couldn't get any traction on a Dragic trade, which sounds a little bit definitive. Like sounds a little bit like it's kind of over. Sounds a little bit like the talks have either ceased, stalled, or are not really ongoing at the moment. Uh, he did say it in the green room, so it's not like it's a report. It's not like he put it out there. But to me, it's interesting because what if the Mavericks can't get Dragic? And what if the mm-hmm. Raptors don't buy him out? Then what do the Mavericks do? Or should they wait? Yeah, I think that's the dilemma they're probably going to be in, if not already, that if Toronto's saying, hey, we have this expiring contract of $19 million, why don't like we're just hold on to it unless you're going to give up assets. We'll cover that a million times. But... If you're Dallas and you're saying, okay, that that was our pivot from Lowry or anyone else, like that was our pivot at, to our secondary creator in Dragic, but now you might not get him because, yeah, I don't think Toronto's going to buy him out, but I think there's a good chance that the other team will buy him out. Whatever deal that they put him in to go get someone else and he goes to whatever team, insert whatever team, and they're like, okay, let's work out the buyout then there's a good chance that then he's going to come to Dallas in, at the you know trade deadline. So, But if you're Dallas, can you wait until then to get Goran Dragic for free? That's the dilemma I think they're in. Not that, it, because if not, then it is, okay, well, do we have to go get another creator th- now? Like, do we have to go to try, go go around the league and try to find another guy? Or is it like if they pull off a marketing trade over the next day or so, then they're like, okay, you know, like we're going to bring marketing off the bench with Brunson, whoever. I think we can like keep the ship afloat and then just try to bank on, try to get Dragic for free around the deadline. That's still, you're still taking a chance, but yeah. It goes back to the question, why do the Mavericks need a secondary creator in, to begin with? And how badly do they need one? Right, and so then that that le- that leads you to okay, well, are they just getting Dragic because it's a fit because he wants to come here, or are they they really do need a secondary creator and they need it for a specific reason? And I think there's a bunch of reasons. The, one of the reasons take some load off of Luca. Some of that yeah. is in the regular season that they need to take some some of the load off of Luca so that he's more fresh for the playoffs, so that he does he can be more fresh for fourth quarters and things like that. I think that that is definitely a thing, especially coming off of this Olympic run and all that. Uh, partying with Boban after you know after signing that massive contract, he's gonna need some some help and some support there. I think another reason is to kind of like boost Porzingis a little bit. I think they need that secondary creator with him to try and get him going. I think he needs that type of a point guard to try and help him. And so, if you look at that and you say, okay, well they do need him, they need do need this guy during the regular season, and it will take some time, I think, for this Mavericks team to get used to a secondary creator if he's going to have the type of volume that will be effective for the Mavericks and will actually make it worth it. If he's going to have a usage percentage that's maybe higher than Tim Hardaway Jr.'s, then all of a sudden that's that's a guy you have to fold in. Like if you're folding in the cheese in a recipe, like it's going to take time. You just got to fold that cheese in. If you've watched, uh, if you watch Shit's Creek, like fold in the cheese, keep folding in the folding the cheese. Uh, how do you do that? It just says it. You know, you just fold it. You fold it in the cheese. That's one of my favorites. I thought you just made up that analogy, and I'm like, uh, that could be a weird no. analogy, but. 
Moira and her son, who's David, whose who's, uh, name I almost forgot, uh, were, were making this recipe, and it just said, fold in the cheese, and Moira just kept reading, fold in the cheese, over and over and over again, and he's like, but that's not telling me what fold means. <laughs> he's like, I don't understand. So the Mavericks are going to need to fold in this secondary creator, and it's it's going to take a while, I think, to make it seamless, to make it work, to get the you know the vibe, to get the you know the chemistry and everything, which chemistry matters for the Mavericks. And so, can um, they can they afford to wait? Unless it's like, hey, we don't have to we don't have to take we don't have to worry about the timing part because it's Dragic and he already has the chemistry. And it, yeah, with, it's just, with it doesn't matter. Which that factors into it. <laughs> and and if they if they feel like. This is mainly a postseason problem and not a regular season problem. If right. they're looking at it saying, okay, we know we need a secondary creator in the playoffs because we don't want Luca just being completely gassed in the fourth. We need more offense. But if they're looking at it saying, yeah, Luca, the whole, you know, Brunson, these guys, like we can, we can make do in the regular season and win a lot of basketball games. I could see that mindset. But Let's just say, let's just do the what if. What if Dallas says, okay, Dragic, it doesn't look like it's going to happen. If it does, there's a small chance that it happens at the deadline and it's for free. It's after he gets bought out. There's a lot of things that still has to happen at that point. And even if it does happen, then cool. You can, you're can you going to get him for free even if you go out and get another creator now. So it, are there other creators around the league that are in that same ballpark of expiring contracts, bigger expirings, it doesn't cut into future money that you could go out right now and say, could we put a similar package together for that player? That's where I think if Dallas has to pivot from Dragic now, do they have other options? Because we've also heard from guys like Zach Lowe and others, the Mavericks are going to get their secondary creator, right? He's like, I think they're they're still going to get it. I think they still have somebody else. We've heard from a couple other people. You know, it seems like the Mavericks still want that type of player. And that was one of Cuban's big, you know, like talking points before the before the offseason. And he said to that school or whatever. I like I love that that's that's like the talking point we go back to a lot. It's one of the biggest quotes of the offseason. I don't yeah. I like it can't be overlooked of Cuban's quote at the school here in Dallas <laughs> in the beginning like of the offseason. Right? Yeah. About the need for a secondary creator, about how it was almost kind of like we they misjudged the KP thing. They didn't expect that that need for a secondary creator was going to be as big as what you know they thought. So so that that's telling. So it it's you can't ignore that comment. So that's why the need for a secondary creator is at the forefront of everything. Steel, steel. It is steel up steel. at the front at the front <laughs> forefront. So coming up, let's talk about some of the other options the Mavericks could if they decided not to wait on Dragic, or they could get these guys and get Dragic later if he's going to get bought out anyway. Right? They can yeah. they can do both of these things. So. If they do have to wait on Dragic and they are just going to wait on a buyout, who are some of the guys that could come in and be a stopgap or could potentially be a secondary creator of the future for the Dallas Mavericks? We'll get into that coming up. But before we do, let me tell you about our new sponsor. Don't go anywhere. I got to tell you about this. Ooh. It's Sweat Block. There are so few things in life that are just not super easy to talk about. And one of those is sweat. It's like, okay, you can I can point out, you know, like spinach in somebody's teeth or something in somebody's teeth or if you've got an eyelash on your cheek. Like I can talk about that, but what do you tell somebody if they have sweat under their armpits, right? Like can you just say, "Hey, uh, keep your arms down, like stop flapping around." Stop, you know, what do you do? What do you what do you tell those people? Now, if you feel comfortable enough, you can tell them to go to Sweatblock. Sweatblock is the perfect place. It's doctor created, doctor recommended. They're these sweat wipes. You take them and when your armpit is dry, it's not sweaty, you wipe it under your arms. And it works for seven days. 
per use. They've tested this on firemen going into burning buildings. They've tested this. Uh, the guy that talked to us today from Sweat Block came and told us that he tested it himself. He wa- he ran down the st- ran like a couple miles, put one wipe under one arm, didn't do a wipe under the other one. One his one side that didn't do it drenched in sweat, just pit stains all over the place. The other one completely dry. It's insane. It's insane how this product works. Uh, sweat Block, go check it out. It's Feature and tested on the Rachel Ratio by Firefighters, the best seller on Amazon for the past 10 years, over 13,000 reviews, and they have a money-back guarantee. If it does not make your pits dry, it will not uh, bleed your wallet, so you, you can get the money back for sure. Go to sweatblock.com or find them in your CVS stores. You get 20% off at sweatblock.com, though. Use the promo code LOCKEDON to get 20% off at sweatblock.com to get their towelettes. They also have deodorant. They have lotion. They have all kinds of other products you can check out as well. Go to Amazon or CVS, uh, but at sweatblock.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON. Also, want to tell you about rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is the best way to go get your auto parts for whatever car you have. There's so many different makes and models. For example, a Honda Odyssey fuel pump is $353 at a chain store. $353. $216 from rockauto.com. You're saving a bunch of cash that you can go spend on Sweatblock or something else or built bars. Rockauto.com is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Their prices are reliably low and the same for every single customer. There's not tiers. There's not all that other stuff that you have to try and sift through. They can point you directly to the parts available for your car. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box. They know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. All right, Isaac Harris, let's get into some other options. So we've been talking about Goran Dragic, and he seems to be the, uh, you know, if like boom or bust for Goran Dragic. If the Mavs don't get a, a sec, you know, don't get Dragic, then they don't get their secondary creator, which has been maybe their biggest um, target of the offseason is to get somebody like that. They started with Lowry. That didn't work. Then moved on to Dragic. There was other options, I guess, in there. And so now the Dragic thing seems like it's just continuing on, continuing on. The Raptors, we we went through it with Sean Woodley of Lockdown Raptors. Isaac and I have talked about it endlessly on different videos on YouTube. You can go check out some of those if you want to. The reasons why the Raptors aren't just going to give them up for nothing, right now at least, not until the trade deadline. So what are some other options that you can see if the Mavericks do have to wait on Dragic or if they never get him? Yeah, so let's just keep that same criteria. Let's do vets around the league, ball handler slash creators, expiring contracts or near expiring contracts three guys that you could see that could be attainable ricky rubio terry rozier eric bledsoe if i had to rank those terry rozier is clearly number one on that list because you've been talking about him for like eight weeks now yes i would love terry rozier on the mavs um you know, shot 40% from three last year, 30, or two years ago, 38% from three this past season. He's on that expiring for Charlotte. You don't, like, I'm. they just got rid of Devontae Graham, Malik Monk, but they, you know, the draft James Booknight. I'm assuming Rozier still has a big part on that team. So I don't think that they would trade him, but if they think they, they're going to lose him for nothing, could Dallas step in and say, hey, let's give you a similar type of deal that they were talking about with Dragic? Would they do the Dwight, Josh Green, whatever it is type of move? So, Or what happens if Booknight is just like incredible and they're like, we got to yeah. play this guy and we we don't want to just hold on to some of these guards. We want to, you know, move on from Rogier so that we can give minutes to Booknight. Like that's a possibility too. It may not happen before the season starts, but it may happen in the middle of the season. Exactly. So uh, we'll see what happens with Rogier. I would love him. 
Ricky Rubio is interesting because Cleveland just traded for him. And I get why they traded for him. They're probably not going to try to flip him again. But he's on expiring too at 17.8. And we just, you know, Washington put up, what, 37 on Team USA. Uh, but that's another type of player, though, that would give you another playmaker, another guy who can, like, run the offense when Luca's, you know, not out there. It's not, you're not asking Rubio to give you 30 a night. It's not that type of score, but he can at least run the offense. He's another playmaker out there. So I don't know what Cleveland would do with that. The Eric Bledsoe name, you know, as soon as Eric Bledsoe went to Memphis in that deal with New Orleans, Chris Haynes immediately reports and say, hey, he's, he's going to be going elsewhere. And you're like, we still haven't heard anything about the Eric Bledsoe thing. He makes $18.1 million this year. And then when you look at some cap stuff, you'll see 19.3 for next year, but only 3.9 of that is guaranteed. So it's kind of an expiring contract because only four of that is guaranteed for the next season. You know, if it obviously it just goes whatever, if somebody trades for him and, and you're like, hey, we got cut bait. But what, how do you feel about those three names? Like if they traded for Eric Bledsoe tomorrow and you're like, oh, that's our stopgap until hopefully we get Dragic. Are you upset about it? The Bledsoe one is interesting. The Terry Rozier one's obviously the number one. I think Rub- Rubio is my number three. Bledsoe one is in the middle oh, there. You, you would take Bledsoe over Rubio. I think I would. I think Bledsoe's a much better defender, and he's a, a little bit better of a shooter, even though Bledsoe's like not the best shooter. But Rubio's shooting has just never come around. I loved Rubio when he came out of uh, when he was was coming into the draft, like I just I love yeah. that guy, and I was like, ah, oh, if only he could get a shot. And like, yeah, last year in on Minnesota, he shot thirty percent from three. He's like every other year, he kind of shoots a little bit better, but he's well, still like thirty three percent over I, the last four years. Let me see what Bledsoe's numbers are because I didn't know he was the second coming of Steph Curry. No, that's what I'm. That's what I'm saying is he's he's not that much, but he's a little bit better than that. Okay, yeah, like last. Okay, I'll do the same. Time Hold frame. on, put him in the three point contest because he shot 34 last year (laughs) so i'm i mean they're not neither of them are neither of them are good right so you're not comparing one or the other but i know i know bledsoe's defense is better than than rubio's and that interests me um i think zach Lowe even said like he's basically patrick beverly (laughs) at this point in his career like he used to be the way better offensive player and you'd expect him to to score and all that but at this point in his career that's what he is and so that would at least give you some defense uh, the creator numbers are Pl- played with, you know, he played his first season in Milwaukee with uh, Jason Kidd or Jason Kidd's first season in Milwaukee was with Eric Bledsoe. I was going to say, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So there's that the connection. great days. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if Bledsoe ran on Christmas, but <laughs> there's still those or if he went to the water park with him, <laughs> <laughs> that was not true. Nick. Yeah. That one, that one wasn't true. It's still a funny joke though. Uh, but the Bledsoe one is interesting to me. Uh, the if they didn't want Dragic for 19 million, I don't think they're going to want Bledsoe for 19 million. That just doesn't seem like a thing the Mavericks are going to want to do, though. Yeah, yes, unless it's like something super cheap and basically for free. And well, you know, it's, it wouldn't be free for them. They still have to give something up to get in. They'd have to give up Dwight true. and Willie and something like something else to make the money work. Bro- but Burke probably. But if it's like it, you know, if you're looking just at Dwight, Trey, Trey Burke, and like you know, two seconds, and they're looking at it saying, yeah, we don't want to give up Dwight, but you're also getting, you know, even if you cut Bledsoe next year, just take that's what a you know a six million dollar difference, seven million dollar difference between Dwight's eleven next year and you know the four million guaranteed to Bledsoe. So. 
you're saving you're still at least saving seven million cap. But I yeah, that's yeah, that's a good point. I don't know if you know this. They see Dwight as an asset though, Isaac. That's no, that's very that's very <laughs> real. Let me just throw you these last three names. If they wanted to go even bigger and say, all right, not an expiring contract, not, you know, the older vet, would you be interested? Could you get your hands on DeJounte Murray or Marco Fultz? And would that would that be worth it for Dallas to give up assets for one of those two guys? Would that would the, are they good enough to be the secondary guy that you're like you're trying to you know picture in your head is Marco Fultz sixteen point five this year sixteen point five next seventeen after that million Dejounte Murray at fifteen sixteen and seventeen so both under contract for the next three seasons so a bigger investment in one of those guys the Fultz one is interesting because you're like well why would they give up Fultz they just gave him that deal and all that uh, they just drafted Jalen Suggs who is looking. Yeah pretty interesting they have cole anthony still like they have some guards um rj hampton yeah i got got a lot of people there they have a bunch of different dudes there and so maybe they they're trying to weed out some of those maybe uh our boy um jamal mosley is like i don't like marco fultz he's like he's not the point guard of the future for me he's like i love jalen suggs uh or maybe he takes the rick path and he hates rookies and he (laughs) only only plays marco fultz (laughs) um dejounte murray to me is not a secondary creator. Like, I don't know if he answers that yeah. question for you. Good uh, defense though. Good. De- yeah. Great defense. He it's in there in the Eric Bledsoe role. So you're like, yeah, okay. I, I get the defense for sure. Younger guy. We're taking a, taking a risk on him. That'd be interesting. Um, but yeah, I, I would, I would go for Dejounte Murray for sure for the upside. That's like a, you know, a play that you would definitely go for, but I don't think it's answering your secondary creator question right now. Yeah. If Dallas got really desperate and they're like, hey, we couldn't get Lowry, but we really want to just take some big swing. Are you ready for the drop of what you would need if they traded for D'Angelo Russell? The wine, the wine, the wine, the wine. All right, coming up next, we'll talk about this uh, MVP, the best basketball you've ever seen, the Mavs Summer League. And we're never going to talk about D'Angelo Russell on the Mavs again. But before we do that, let me tell you about betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to put down some money, to gamble, to bet, to wager some money on sports. Go there right now. Can you bet on summer league games? Is that possible? Oh, I think I, you. what's the emergency number or what's the helpline? <laughs> I might give you that. I, I don't think you can bet on summer league at, on betonline.ag, but you can bet on a whole bunch of things. You can bet on uh, Russell Westbrook, triple doubles. Over or under 25 and a half triple doubles next season. They're both uh, minus they're both minus 120. So you get the same odds either way. That's a good question. I think it's the rebounds that I'm well. He's getting the them. boards. He's getting the boards. Really? Yes. I don't know. Why well, and them move out of the way like you know? No, Adam's Russ did. will push them. <laughs> yeah, I guess I'll take the over. Uh, DeMar DeRozan points per game in the regular season over under 18 and a half under Ooh, that's a pretty steep drop for him but uh, there you go there's a bunch of other things like that there's fun stuff like that you can go to futures there's some FIBA stuff there's martial arts soccer tennis there's all kinds of different things on bet online use the promo code locked on get a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit that means 50% more money that you put in Get it for free, then go wager on it. Bet on something. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, Isaac Harris, let's get into Summer League, our 
favorite thing of the year. I just wanted to, I just needed a dance beat with it. The Dallas Mavericks fall to the Utah Jazz in a sudden death overtime game. Like, what? I, it's one of those things every year On in summer a free league. free throw. The, every year in summer league, you forget that these things happen. And then you're like, oh, yeah. So what happens is they go to the first overtime, they play two minutes, then the second overtime is sudden death. So they put 10 minutes on the clock, which is objectively hilarious that they put 10 minutes on the clock. And then the first team to score wins because they need to get these games going and they need to, to finish these games. So the Mavericks, you know, are, are back and forth with the, the Jazz. And then, yeah, the Jazz uh, Forrest goes up to the free throw line and he hits the fr- hit, misses the first free throw and then he mi- mm. makes the second one and then waves goodbye to the Mavericks bench. Are you in or are you out on the waving goodbye after going one for two at the free throw line to win a summer league game? If you're for it, what's his name? Forrest Lane. <laughs> no, I'm all out. Like what? What? Like we're gonna be waving bye Trent to Forrest. you. Sorry, uh, Forrest Lane. Who was that? Like we're we're probably gonna be waving bye to you when you're not in the league. So I don't. Yeah, I'm I'm all out on that. Like I, it's cool to get like hyped at a summer league game, but. When, when we're doing the waving, like there's a better chance that we're waving at you getting on a plane going to China to play your professional basketball than so. I, you take offense to this. I just think it's just over the top. I mean, I guess I don't know much about Trent Forrest, so he could have had some big moments in his basketball career. He's on a two-way career. for the Jazz now, by the way. <laughs> oh, here we go. David Locke probably loves him then. That was such a great move. That was that was showing it to the other team, and you want to step up. He's probably Rudy, just wait until Rudy sets him a pick, and you will see <laughs> his full potential because Rudy's the MVP. Speaking of Rudy Gobert and MVP, uh, Yudoka Azubuki was just like I mean Rudy Gobert esque on the floor. He had how many? He finished with six blocks. I think five of them were on <laughs> were on Nate Hinton. <laughs> Nate Hinton just kept driving into the paint and just didn't care if Azubuki was there. Uh, just the, one of the weirdest things. But the big thing coming out of this game, besides the, the double overtime sudden death, is that uh, Tyrell Terry has strained his groin or has pulled his groin, injured his groin. We'll just leave it at that. And he was out. He left in the middle of the third quarter. He did not return. And my guess is he's probably not going to play another summer league game. If the Mavericks are going to sit Josh Green after playing 19 games in the Olympics, if they're going to sit him that long through summer league, then I don't think they're going to play Tyrell Terry anymore, which is... Just games in the Olympics. I mean, 19 minutes in the Olympics. What did I say? Did I say games? Games. Man, what's going on with me? But uh, the, yeah, if, I need a vacation. <laughs> I think is what I need. Tyro Terry is probably out of summer league would be my guess, uh, which is just really sad because it seemed like he was finally getting stuff going. He was finally figuring things out in this game. He had 10 points at halftime. He hit a three. He had three of his six shots. Uh, he had a couple of assists there as well. So, uh, that stinks to see for Tyrell Terry. Yeah, super bummer for him. I mean, that's when going into these games, that was the main thing we were talking about. Like, hey, we want to see if Tyrell Terry can show that he's going to be, you know, a part of the rotation. Can he be a piece, a part of the team? And like Nico Harrison was asked about it in his in-game interview. Shout out to Nico from flying, flying from Slovenia straight to Vegas, basically. But yeah, I mean, it's it's a bummer. You know, I don't know how many of these guys will be around the team after after Vegas, uh, but we'll see. I mean, Robert Frank's hitting five threes in this game. That was fun. You know, that that's cool. I was just, they had Dakota Mathias, you know, a 
Dallas Mavericks, you know, legend, uh, Texas legend on the other <laughs> side. Uh, they also had a guy on their bench that I was so intrigued by. He, he got a DMP CD. DJ Funder Burke. Funder Burke. Funder. Yeah. So I just never heard that last name. I had to point that out. But didn't you have a Nico quote that you thought was interesting? There's a couple interesting things from this game uh, that I do want to get into af- after. But what, uh, the basketball? Eugenio Marui, I thought I had a really interesting game. He had 16 points. Oh, let's points. break down this game real quick. Let me pull up synergy. 16 points, eight boards. He had a steal and an assist. He was uh, he had seven of his 10 free throws. I thought he was kind of the engine to get them back in this game because in this game, the Mavericks were down 10-0 to start the game. And then they came back and went on a 17-10 run at the end of the, the first quarter. And then they fought back again. And they just kept fighting back in this game. When Tyrell Terry went down, they didn't have their offense anymore. Like, it just seemed like anybody who hit a bucket was was incredible. Like, oh, dang, that guy scored. It was amazing to watch. But I, I liked what I saw from Eugene O'Marui. Robert he's, Franks. He's also the other two-way guy. The other day, yes. I, mis- I misspoke and said that, it, you know, it's Terry and Hinton. Terry's not on a two-way. He has his own contract. So I misspoke on that. O'Marui's the other two-way with Nate Hinton. Yeah, Robert Franks, five of seven from three. I mean, him or Bledsoe, who's better at threes? Robert Franks at this point. Even though I looked up Robert Franks, and he was a he was a redshirt at some point. Like, he was a transfer. And his first season in college, he took, like, no threes. His second year, took, like, no threes. His third year, he only he shot, like, under or, like, close to, like, 32%. And then he finally, his senior year, his last year there, was taking threes and finally, like, started hitting them. And then, I mean, the stroke looked really good in this game. People were saying, why don't we just, why don't we just you know, sign him to shoot threes? I mean, possibly. Uh, Tariq Owens also went out with an injury really early in this game. Looked brutal. That that knee injury, uh, it seemed really tough. Yeah. He did not come back. Uh, and then everybody else was, you know, had, did stuff. Ferran Hunt had a couple of good drives. Carly Jones had a couple of good drives. Devontae Schuler, he came out and he was looking good for a minute there. He had three threes. He had a couple of really good assists too. He was kind of the, the engine at the beginning of the fourth quarter for the Mavericks. Me to break it down any further? No. no. <laughs> Nico Harrison was on the broadcast, like you said, forty minutes after landing from on the plane from Slovenia. He's on the broadcast. He looks so tired. He was trying to figure out where he was. I think he's like, "What is this gym? It's so small. Why am I here?" <laughs> uh, Nico Harrison said two things I thought were really interesting. The first one, Nico said that he and Jason Kidd have been talking about being a GM and a coach specifically for an NBA team. For years, like like almost through over three years. And he said it never thought it would happen, but it finally is in Dallas. I find that really interesting that they had been talking about it. It makes you wonder, what are the things that like you and I talk about? Like, oh, dang, it would be cool if we could call a game. And then like three years from now, we're calling a Mavericks game. Like, wouldn't that be wild? That would be wild. <laughs> that, that would be crazy. Or like we... we because that's his, like- I think that's as crazy as what they were saying, right? <laughs> It is kind. Of, it is kind of funny because you know the the package deal part. You know, some people reported that, and then they try to like debunk that of like, hey, no, no, yeah. no, like, I don't, I don't think you know, it's not really that. And it sounds like they've, you know, dreamed of being the package deal for some franchise for years. The other thing he was on the broadcast with uh, Jason Green or Jared Greenberg and um, Sam Mitchell, former you know Mavericks assistant coach and former Raptors coach and all that. And Nico Harrison said he remembers Sam Mitchell's shoe size, which makes me wonder how many players shoe sizes does he know off the top of his head? If you remember Sam Mitchell's shoe size, it was a 13, by the way, but if he remembers that, 
Like I, now, I just want to go up to Nico Harrison and just ask him, okay, what's uh, what's LeBron's shoe size? What is uh, just start thinking random of, people. Just start thinking of random dudes and just name like what is uh, Trent Forrest's shoe size? <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if how many how many he actually knows if he knows Sam Mitchell still. Like when's the last time he gave Sam Mitchell shoes? I know. I do good. I mean, I still text my wife when I go to a Nike clearance store. I'm like, hey, you, you're still at like, you know, eight, right? And, <laughs> yeah, I've been there for a while, eight and a half. Or like, I do this with our Wait, kids all the your time. Your wife or your shoes? She's at eight and a half. Oh, okay. Sorry. I, I mean, if anyone wants feet. to send uh, my wife's shoes, you can send her <laughs> shoes. Then I can use that money to go towards my shoe budget. And- oh, another thing that Mark Stein said on his green room was that uh, after Slovenia, Jason Kidd and Casey Smith went to Latvia to go visit Krzysztof Porzingis. Oh, not the not the whole crew. Just like yeah, the whole them. crew did not go to see Porzingis. Just Jason Kidd and Casey Smith. Oh, that's cool. Well, Nico's back, and I guess Mark Cuban's doing something else. But hey, they got some they got some deals to work out. Is Laurie Marketing coming to Dallas? I'm just unhinged at this point. I'm just, <laughs> <laughs> if you've made it this far, it's, it's I'm so great. tired. And that that Mavericks, I'm like old man, get off my lawn about the summer league at this point. Of I'm just not enjoying the basketball, and <laughs> this is where I'm at. And honestly, Media Day is going to be here next month, and we're going to have literally like is five. That true weeks. in September? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. This wow. is going to be the shortest feeling offseason ever, especially if the you know Dragic thing you know carries on for I don't know a million years, and <laughs> we're still getting people writing us saying, "Why are you talking about Dragic? Why are you still talking about Dragic?" Well, until then, you and I and everybody else will be hitting the wine, the wine, the wine, the wine. <laughs> I will never get over that. That's a consecutive quote. I didn't stitch that together. Like he said that four times in a row, like that. I, I think it's just the jet lag you too, because we just got back from Slovenia, and I just want to say thank are, you again. We are feeling some jet lag. For thank sure. you again for hosting our presser and just for the questions, and it just meant a lot. Yeah, and then in the morning. Good morning, Isaac. <laughs> <laughs> we got a great wake up call. It was about by the hotel phone. It was, Good morning, Isaac. <laughs> I quit. <laughs> Do I have to give an ending? Thanks for listening to this show. Go listen to a different one, I guess. Go listen to Locked On Bulls and see how they want. They're doing really well. Thanks for listening to Locked On Mavs. Peace out. Boom! All right. So the next question was, um, this is a great promotion also of Slovenia. And uh, if you guys had um, at least one week together with Luka, where would he uh, take all of you uh, to, to get to know Slovenia better? And Luca said basically the lake, which you have spent incredible 12 minutes. <laughs> and uh, the Ljubljana castle, 